Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare, a medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine. He is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. Have patience with all things, but first with yourself. Never confuse your mistakes with your value as a human being. You are perfectly valuable, creative, worthwhile person, simply because you exist. And no amount of triumphs or tribulations can ever change that. All right, folks, welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. And that's a quote I just came up with off the top of my head. No, not really. Uh, that is a quote from... St. Francis of Sales, and today, in today's show, we're going to do a little bit of a therapy with St. Francis of Sales. Let's go ahead and get started here at the top of the noon hour with the Angelus, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke and we humbly pray unto thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God. Cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We always start at the top of the noon hour with the Angelus, of course. Beautiful prayer. Prayer that reminds us of the incarnation of Christ. Uh, and we followed up with prayer to St. Michael. Why do we do that? Well, I know that we talk a lot about deliverance and things like that. But quite frankly, I've always prayed the Angelus in that fashion. Pray the Angelus and, and the prayer to St. Michael, because that's what I was taught by the nuns in third grade. It was just kind of something that stuck with me. Um, you know, and when I was thinking about that, uh, I thought, gosh, you know, what are the things that we remember the most in life? I have a lot of uh, people come to me for therapy. People come to me for advice on life, on um, how can I feel better? How can I think better? What's going on with me? And I was thinking about when are the moments that we feel the most at peace? When is it that, you know, we feel like things are worthwhile or like, you know, I'm not going to worry about the chaos that's going on in the world. It's hard to say. One of the things that came to mind for me, though, was sometimes thinking back on a good word of advice, a moment that I spent with a friend. Um, and in particular, I was thinking, where did I learn my Catholic faith? Where did I learn my prayers? Where did I learn how to think like a Catholic? And I remember you know, I thought the way I learned it, I mean, I was lucky enough to go to a Catholic school and I was lucky enough to have good Catholic teachers. 
But in particular, I remember it was we had a group of nuns. They were uh, Franciscan nuns, and you know they uh, they came and they taught us how to pray. They taught us the old-fashioned catechism. They just said, you know, keep it simple, uh, and that's really what stuck with me. And that thinking back on that, I'm like, those were really good times in my life, regardless of what was going on. When we had a prayer surrounding uh, our everyday lives, when we had uh, the remembrance of Christ with these wonderful nuns who came to teach us, uh, and, you know, we grew up in a lower socioeconomic place, and these nuns were sent there um, from their from their convent, and they I still remember to this day they didn't just teach us religion, they taught us math, they taught us uh, reading, they taught us vocabulary, but while they were doing that. They were always teaching us religion. They didn't teach us religion directly. They were teaching us religion all day long. You know, the war, the way that they spoke, wearing their habits. Um, when they did teach us math, they always related something back to the Bible. You know, the numbers, number 12 is important. You know, got the 12 tribes, the 12 disciples, uh, the 12 apostles, excuse me. We have, uh, you know, the number seven, why is that important? The number three, why is that important? And whenever they taught us anything, they always related back to God, to Christ, to our faith. And that was so important to me. And for whatever reason, you know, I started thinking of the nuns. They were Franciscan nuns. Of course, when we think of St. Francis or Franciscan, we usually think of St. Francis of Assisi, right? And we think, oh, of course, he loved animals, and we're going to go to a church, and they're going to bless the animals, so I better bring the, the pets along uh, to do the animal blessing. But but one of my favorite saints is a different St. Francis. Uh, it's St. Francis de Sales. A little bit on St. Francis de Sales. I think that he's a very important saint to talk to or to talk about and to talk to, you know, we're going to pray, especially if we feel like we need some kind of a therapy. I need my own therapy, right? I mean, I help people out and uh, we talk about life and we talk about different things in, on the topics of mental health and therapy, but even a therapist needs a time to take a break and to really get back to ourselves because we have our own doubts. Am I doing a good job in therapy? Am I reaching out to people? Am I being kind to people? There's so many different things that go on in our everyday lives that we all need somebody to turn to. But St. Francis of Sales, a little bit on the background on him, he was born in August 21st in 1567. Uh, he was born in France. Uh, and he actually became the bishop. Uh, he became a Roman Catholic bishop of Geneva. And he was given the title Doctor of the Church. Not too many doctors of the church, but he was given the title Doctor of the Church. And when he became a bishop, he was about 35 years old. Very, very young bishop. What do I like about St. Francis? Well, he wrote a book called The Devout Life. It's a classic book, Introduction to the Devout Life. A Catholic, uh, classic Catholic book. Um, you can purchase it anywhere, really. And, it's, and his writings, if you... If you look at what he's reaching for, what I like about his writings, I think that they can speak to every man because he focuses on spiritual perfection in the everyday life. Reminds me a little bit of uh, the little flower, St. Therese, who said, you know, she had the little way. Uh, she, you know, she was in her convent and even in the confines of a, of a uh, convent, she found a way to become holy just through simple acts of love. St. Francis, in much in the same uh, way, uh, found the simplicity of the spiritual life, found that you don't have to uh, do great, great feats to be a great, great saint. But what I like about his case, a little bit different from The Little Flower, is that he was a busy guy. He was going about the everyday uh, workings of life. He was a bishop. He was out with the people. He uh, was busy with everyday 
uh, um, shall we say, distractions or things that could distract us from the spiritual life. And yet, when we look at what he says, when we look at his writings, if we pick up uh, Introduction to Devout Life or any of his other writings, when we look at it, his quotes remind me of simplicity in life. The one that I read here as we started the show, have patience with all things, but first with yourself. That's great therapy right there. We're so busy trying to get things done. We're so busy trying to see how can I be patient waiting for, uh, sitting here waiting for the bus or something or waiting for my family to come to come pick me up. Or, you know, gosh, my friend told me that uh, something that we're going to go out tonight. I just can't wait for it. This whole idea of patience, we're really focused on, oh, I need patience, Lord, I need patience. But when do we think about being patient with ourselves? When we see our shortcomings, when we feel like we're not up to par with where we wish we could be, when do we ever say, you know what? Let's see what St. Francis has to say about that. Never confuse your mistakes with your value as a human being. Yeah, I like that. Because we're trying to seek perfection, but perfection is of God. I think a lot of times we fall into that trap where we want to be perfect by ourselves. We want to find ways to be perfect, and we're going to go to a self-help book. How many of us have ever seen what's called a self-help section, uh, whether it be at a bookstore or online? Because somehow we believe that we, on of our own volition, by ourselves, can actually make things happen. But the reality is, we can't do that. We're, we don't live alone. We can't, uh, you know, as spiritual beings, I can't give myself graces. I can't. I can't survive life on my own, or I can't actually help myself entirely. Yes, I have free will. I can go do things for myself, shall we say. But if I'm going to seek perfection, perfection only comes from God, I better look for God. I better find God. Sometimes we seek it in other people, but the question is, if you're going to your doctor, are you looking for God in that moment? Are you saying, God, please inspire my doctor to let him know what to tell me? These are important things to think about. St. Francis, being the patron saint of writers, if anybody's a writer out there, that's one of the things that he, that uh, one of his attributes, one of his patronages. So if you enjoy writing, he's a good saint to have. His next line where he tells, says, never confuse mistakes with your value as a human being. He says, you are perfectly valuable, creative, worthwhile person, simply because you exist. That's therapy right there. When, when you know, we would look at, the, if you pick up the news right now, if you, I was going to say, pick up a paper or look at the news, right? Because things change before we used to pick up the newspaper. Now we get on the internet or see what's going on uh, online and social media and whatnot to find out what's going on in the world. But when we look at it nowadays, how many of us can say that it's worthwhile? How many of us can say, wow, this is really inspirational. Um, this made me feel like a worthwhile person. This made me feel special because I exist. This made me feel grateful that all these people exist, that we all exist. I think we're so quick to rush to trying to make the world perfect around us, trying to tell people what they can and cannot do. Um, and it goes both ways. You know, as Catholics, sometimes we think about it and we say, yeah, people are always telling us what to do or how to behave. But how many times do we do the same thing? You know, how many times are we forceful with our religion, with our ideas, where we get to the point where instead of inviting people, sometimes we turn them off. You know, it really depends. But what we're going to do is this, folks. We're going to do a little therapy with St. Francis in today's show. We're going to look at his quotes. They're deep, they're simple, and they're for the everyman. And that's why I really like St. Francis. More therapy with St. Francis. When we come back from the break.
All right, folks, welcome back to the Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Louis Sandoval Show. Today, we are doing therapy, and we're getting the help of our good friend, St. Francis de Sales. That's right. The saints are our friends. we got to remember that. You know, whenever we uh, open our devotionals, when was the last time that we said, no, you know, this is the saint. He's one of my friends. This is who I talk to. This is who I go to when I need advice, when I'm a little bit confused. Yes, of course, I want to talk to the people who are around me. But the saints are around us too. Heaven's all around us. And they're real people. we got to remember that, especially when we look at who's the patron saint of what. Why is that important? I think St. Francis de Sales uh, is a great patron saint. Uh, <clears throat> a few things, a few other things that are attributed to him. Uh, I'll have to find, I'll have to look up what, what he's the patron saint of. There's a long list. But the most important thing, uh, instead of focusing on the the fine details, what do we leave behind? Why is a saint a saint? Why is this important? I think St. Francis of Sales left us with simple wisdom that can be given to anybody, anytime. And that's one of the things that I really, really appreciate him, uh, appreciate about him, especially as a therapist. We're always looking for, somebody comes to me for help. What am I supposed to say, right? And sometimes I realize some of the best therapy sessions ever are just to listen. I stop and I just listen to what the person has to say. They talk and boy, that was a great therapy session. Sometimes we just need to, as we say, hash it out. But if I am going to say something, I'd rather say something brief, something where I'm not uh, on a soapbox, right? Ironic for somebody who has a radio show where I don't want to necessarily talk all the time, but I want to, with every word, have it mean something or have it actually mean something for uh, my patient who's in front of me, my friend who's around me. Let's look at these quotes from St. Francis of Sales. Here's another one. This one's great for therapy, you know, great for a lot of people that want therapy or who need therapy, who feel that they're worried at all. It says, anxiety is the greatest evil that can befall a soul, except for sin. God commands you to pray, but he forbids you to worry. That's a good quote. This one's a really good one. Great occasions for serving God come seldom, but little ones surround us daily. I love that one. Let me read that again. We're going to break that one down a little bit. Great occasions for serving God come seldom, but little ones surround us daily. I think a lot of times we're always trying to do something big. I know if I speak for myself, you know, kind of like, gosh, if I do this, this is it. This is, this is what I'm going to do. And, and this is what's going to be my doorway to heaven. And I think in my mind, it's kind of like, okay, this is it. This is a one-time thing. I'm going to do something big and it's going to solidify everything. I'm just going to do it all at once. But heaven doesn't work that way. Heaven isn't a one a one shot deal. So why? Because we're not of an angelic nature. The angels had that, you know, where the angels had the one moment where they had to choose and do something great for God and say, hey, this is it. You got to make a decision right now. This is a one time thing. Heaven, all or none. And that was it. They, they couldn't go back on their choice. As human beings, God put us in a different position. Uh, God put us in a position where we have free will, but we also have God's mercy, and God knows you're going to fail, but I'm going to be here to to lift you back up. The challenging part with that is that when we do fail, sometimes we think, oh, I got to do something amazing to win back God's love. But the reality is, little occasions for serving God surround us every day. I don't have to worry about the one big thing. I can do the little things. I can just be kind to my kids. Pick up after myself, wash a dish, make sure that the living room's clean, you know, tell my wife I love her, 
I think all these little things, that's what builds the kingdom of God. Hopefully, that's linked into the anxiety quote, where if I start doing that and I start making that my everyday prayer, where I'm not always praying with words, prayers with words, of course, are important. Get up every morning, tell the kids, hey, have you said your prayers? Have you said your morning prayers? But I think more importantly, this is a great quote to remind me that prayer is not just words, but really little actions that we do every day that lead us towards God, hopefully. Let's look at the next quote, sitting on the couch. St. Francis Sales, what do you want to tell me today? I'm a tired Catholic. I'm feeling uh, down and out. What, what advice would you give me today? This is what he would say. Do everything calmly and peacefully. Do as much as you can, as well as you can. Strive to see God in all things without exception. That's a tough one, without exception. Which means that the people that bother me, the people who are screaming at me, the people who tell me, that I'm terrible as Catholic, the people who are going to persecute me as a Catholic, the people who want me to stop worshiping as a Catholic, the people who say that we are evil as Catholics, the people who tell us that, no, you cannot celebrate your Mass in this way or that way as Catholics. I need to see God in them, without exception, and consent to His will joyously. Meaning when, even, when things go wrong, I got to remember God allowed it to happen. It's kind of, that's a tough one. That reminds me of Christ before Pontius Pilate, and he tells him, you know, the only reason that we're in this position is because this is what my father allowed. You know, that's what our father in heaven wanted us to do. That was his will. Now, was Jesus in pain? Yes. Did he do it joyously? I would dare say yes, because he actually gave himself up, right, when he went to go to the cross. Jesus did it joyously. He says, do everything for God, uniting yourself to him in word and deed. Walk very simply with the cross of the Lord and be at peace with yourself. That's a good one. That's a really good quote. I think God puts things in our lives, in front of our lives every day. And if we accept it as his will, it might seem hard to us, but once we know that it's God's will and it's making God happy, I think it's a little bit easier to say, hey, you know what? I can do that. It's not bad. This will pass. Here's a good one. Half an hour's meditation each day is essential, except when you are busy then a full hour is needed. Oh, I was hoping he'd say, you know, bring it down a notch, do five minutes. No, it's tough. Meditation's hard. Prayer is hard. These are hard things to do. How do I know? Because as soon as Mass is over, everybody wants to get out. We have a moment to pray there. The church is ours. And we receive communion and we're ready for the Mass is done. Misa est, right? And we say, hey, Let's, let's get out of here. Let's go do something else. And we forget that that is the essential part of the day, being there in prayer. Got to be praying here for half an hour. Oh, it's going to be half an hour. I'm so busy. St. Francis says, well, you better be there for the full hour then. That's important to remember, you know, the busier I am, what am I busy with? I'm busy with the things of the world. When was the last time I started getting busy with the things of God? Just a question to ask ourselves. It's a question I ask myself, you know, it's not, uh, never not always a good answer because sometimes i wonder am i so busy with everything else that god falls by the wayside i think i'm doing god's will but am i thinking about god am i giving him at least a full hour a day of my attention my devotion my heart hmm. you know something to think about here's a really good one faith is like a bright ray of sunlight it enables us to see god in all things as well as all things in god the element of faith we've got to ask for it it's pretty simple. You know, none of this is out of this world, 
You got to go climb a heavy mountain. No, this is what I love about St. Francis of Sales. Everything he's doing is, it's right here. It's right around you. Am I willing to look at his wisdom, sit down on his couch, sit down on the couch of a saint and say, hey, be my spiritual therapist for a moment. What do you got to say? This is a really good one. Be who you are and be that well. I think the simplest quotes sometimes are the ones that we can carry with us and are the deepest. Be who you are and be that well. Oh, here's a really good one. I have made a pact with my tongue not to speak when my heart is disturbed. How many times do we just say things out of spite? I see this all the time. You know, patients come in and they get angry. They get frustrated. Uh, they're, they're not happy at all. And sometimes they get themselves in trouble at work with their friends because they're not feeling good on the inside. Their heart's disturbed. They might be feeling depressed. They might be feeling a little anxious. They're feeling off. Spiritually, they're not in a good place. Emotionally, they're not in a good place. And they don't know how to share that, but they try to. We try to, I should say. I'm sure that I've been guilty of this probably, I'm sure. But if our hearts disturb, what's the first thing we want to do? We want to go tell everybody. We want to tell people, this is the why I'm not feeling well. Let me tell you what's bad. What kind of flavor do we leave uh, people with when we do that? You know, if it's a good friend, if it's a therapist, that's what they're, we're there for. But how many times do we just go around and want people to know and we need to let the whole world know that I'm not feeling good? And then we afterwards, we're like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Well, I love that quote. I have made a pact with my tongue not to speak when my heart is disturbed. What good does it do us? Is it going to bring me more peace? If it does, great. If you're going to do it, talk to your uh, physician or somebody you trust and know, that's wonderful. But if overall it's just to say, you know, I just got to, uh, I just got to release my my inner anger or my inner frustrations, is that going to be productive or not? Let's see. How many of us feel that we're perfect? That would be one of my questions on this next quote. Do we ever feel that we're perfect? That we don't need to improve in any way? Or how, how often do we go the other end of the spectrum? How many of us feel that we are so imperfect that we can never, you know, we're not worth anything, we're not going to do anything well? This is a really good quote. It says, don't get upset with your imperfections. St. Francis tells us it's a great mistake because it leads to nowhere. To get angry because you are angry, upset at being upset, depressed at being depressed, disappointed because you are disappointed. So don't fool yourself. Simply surrender to the power of God's love, which is always greater than our weakness. There's the question of the day, though. Am I willing to surrender to the power of God's love? And am I willing to see that as greater than my weakness? That's a tough one, because at the end of the day, that's the choice between heaven and hell. Am I willing to see that I'm weak? Am I going to be angry with my anger? Am I going to be upset at being upset? Am I going to be uh, disappointed because I'm disappointed? Notice that that just goes right back into myself. I'm disappointed in myself because I'm disappointed because there's that I. We never get past ourselves. How do I get out of there? I have to recognize that none of that matters. In a way, I don't matter. I mean, obviously, we just read that I am important. I'm important because I exist. I'm important to God. But I'm making myself matter more than God's love. That's the trap that we fall into, I think. And that's, I think, the biggest trap that I see with a lot of uh, my patients is that we start getting involuted into ourselves. That's the danger, if you will. Uh, I say the word danger, but that's one of the pitfalls of self-help books, where I believe that I can self-help myself. And if I'm not succeeding at it, 
then this is what happens. It's that cycle. I'm not good at helping myself. How am I going to help myself? I need to do something to help myself, but I failed at myself being myself. So I'm a failure. And now I'm failing because I'm a failure. And now I put myself down because I'm put down. It happens all the time. That's that involution. That's the road that leads away from God's love. Why? Because it's not up to me to fix myself. It's up to me to go to God to ask him to help to help me to fix me. See this in the gospels. We see this all the time. People could not do miracles for themselves. Nobody cured themselves, right? People went to Christ. People said, I need you to help me. I, I realize that I can't do this on my own. I need you to extend your health, your hand, and give me help. Create that miracle inside of me. I know that you can do this. If you want it to be done, it will be done. Do that for me. That's important. That's important to consider. I think that that alone, that's the secret of therapy right there, folks. If I can stop looking inward and start looking towards God's love and desiring God's love, I think I would probably be out of business in many ways. I don't know that I'd be able to sustain a business that way if people did that all the time because they wouldn't be upset. They'd be happy in God's love. They'd be happy moving forward. I tell myself that as well. Well, more therapy with St. Francis. We'll come back from our break. All right. Welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to Dr. Sandoval's show. Today, we are doing a little bit of therapy with quotes from St. Francis of Sales. Sometimes it's the simple things in life. Hearing a simple word that can change our mood, that can change how we feel, that we can that can change our perspective for the day and for our life. And that's really the best therapy ever. You know, I think a lot of times we try to get so academic on therapy that we forget sometimes just being human to each other, just being uh, empathetic, just being able to lend an ear and just being able to, for ourselves, listen for that simple thing in life. Sometimes that alone is all we need to feel loved, to feel good, and to feel at peace. Well, St. Francis de Sales is a good, good saint to have in our corner for that. His patronage, he is a patron saint of adult education, the deaf, and writers and journalists, uh, mostly because of his extensive use of books and spiritual direction. And he was known for wanting to convert the Calvinists. So that's an important, uh, important traits of St. Francis. There's a very nice prayer to St. Francis. Let's say this prayer to St. Francis right now. It says, uh, and say, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The prayer of St. Francis of Sales, be at peace. Do not look forward in fear to the changes of life. Rather, look to them with full hope as they arise. God, whose very own you are, will deliver you from out of them. He has kept you here too, and he will lead you safely through all things. And when you cannot stand it, God will bury you in his arms. Do not fear what may happen tomorrow. The same everlasting Father who cares for you today will take care of you then and every day. He will either shield you from suffering or give you unfailing strength to bear it. Be at peace and put aside all anxious thoughts and imaginations. You know, very deep. I think some of the, the most simple quotes are the ones that strike us the most, the ones that that impact us the most. Listen to this. Do little things with a strong desire to please God, or excuse me, doing little things with a strong desire to please God makes them really great. 
I like that. Well, th this is the see. This is where he reminds me so much of the little flower, doing little things like Saint, like the little flower's little way, like Saint Therese, Saint Therese in the little way, doing little things with a strong desire to please God. That's the key right there. Am I pleasing God? Makes these little things great. That's important. That's how we're going to be great in heaven. You know, when we're looking for, do I need to go uh, across the country uh, to a shrine? And, you know, see a miracle there. Do I need to do something so great that the world recognizes that I'm Catholic? Sometimes it's the little things. You know what? I'm going to go to church. And I'm going to go to church for no other reason than to make God happy. I'm going to go sit in front of the tabernacle for a little bit. All because I want to make God happy. Not because anybody's going to be there. Not because I want anybody to see how holy I am. But in fact, I'm going to go when nobody's there. And it's just going to be me and God. That's amazing to God. That's probably the most important part of the day. That's probably the most important thing you can do to say, hey, come here and pray. Let's spend some time together. That's where we build our friendship with God. That's where we're going to find peace. Now, here is, I would dare say, my favorite quote, probably my favorite quote of all time, definitely my favorite quote of St. Francis of Sales. I think of this all the time as a father. And it says, nothing is so strong as gentleness and nothing is so gentle as real strength. Nothing is so strong as gentleness and nothing is so gentle as real strength. You know, that's really my quote for fathers uh, all around. Whenever we do any talks on fatherhood, on, um, you know, <clears throat> on being a man, on what it really means. This is what I really see. This is like, in my estimation of things, manhood wrapped up into a quote. Because what do we use our strength for? Do we know how to use our strength to be gentle? It reminds me of, you know, every time I pick up my kids, well, as they get older, it gets so hard to, to pick them up, even though they want you to, and then you're going to break your back and you got to have that conversation. Sorry, I can't pick you up anymore. And it breaks your heart, but it's because they're getting so big. It's a good thing in a way, you know, gosh, you're so big now. Um, why don't we just kind of, uh, a strong handshake will do right as they get older. But when they're little, I always think of so fragile, so little, so vulnerable. And yet, you know, little kids, they think the world is all about them. It's probably how. God sees us. You know, we think the world's about us and I'm going to shape the world. I'm going to make a difference. And God's probably looking at us as a parent and saying, oh, you're such a little toddler. Let me pick you up. You know, I'm in charge of this whole thing. You can go try to be in charge. But at the end of the day, when you trip and fall, what happens? You're going to lift your arms. You're going to come running back and I got to pick you up. That's the real strength. You know, God all being all powerful. Anytime he could choose to end the world and our lives, but he doesn't do that. Once he makes us, he makes us for eternity. Once he makes us, he chooses to love us forever. There's no question about that. We're the ones who don't always see it. You know, we're the kid who runs away in the playground um, because we think that there's a better toy than the one that's being offered us. But I think of that with my little kids and I think, you know, gosh, how can I be strong and how can I be gentle at the same time? Nothing is so strong as gentleness. When I'm gentle with them, that's what they're going to remember. I think that that's what's going to build their character. That's what's going to build their self-esteem. When if they make a mistake, I can be gentle with them and let them know that it's okay, you know, and then nothing is so gentle as real strength. You know, I'm going to pick them up and I'm a lot stronger than they are. I can hold them in my arms, but I'm going to do it gently. And then you're going to feel protected by that strength. You know, that's really, to me, this, this is the ultimate quote as a sign of fatherhood, sign of, of manhood. You know, it's, it's a beautiful quote, definitely one of my favorites. I think it's very therapeutic in many ways where it lets me remember, you know what? Just be gentle throughout the day and people will see your strength. And that's a good good way to be, I think. Let's see here. Oh, there's a good one for 
all of us as Catholics, anybody who stood in the confessional line, uh, which I promised my daughter would be doing uh, this weekend, because uh, she came up to me. And uh, that was a beautiful moment, actually, when my daughter came up to me and said, I think I need to go to confession. I told her, okay, don't need to know why. Let's make a, let's, let's go. We haven't gone in a few weeks. We got to get to confession. But this is a great quote. It is not those who commit, who commit the least faults who are the most holy, but those who have the greatest courage, the greatest generosity, the greatest love, who make the boldest efforts to overcome themselves and are not immediately apprehensive about tripping. This is a great quote for that confessional line. Why? Because sometimes we think to be holy means to be perfect uh, and, and not have any faults. But truly, the way God sees us, he sees our perfection and, you know, we're on this planet. If I'm going to pretend I don't have faults, that's going to be a problem because I'm not going to see myself truly for who I am. But if I can see that I have faults, but I'm willing to try to overcome them, I think that that's where God sees our perfection. That's where he sees our holiness. He's saying, you are striving up that mountain. You're trying to come up, you know, up that mountain. Yeah, you're going to slide down. And guess what? Your side of the mountain, it's a lot steeper than the other person's side of the mountain. Sometimes if I think, oh, I'm not, I'm not committing any sins. That must mean I'm so holy. Or does it mean that I just can't see them? That I'm, I'm blinded, you know. But the person who's climbing up the steep, steep side of the mountain, they know what it's like to fall and fall hard. Question is, are they willing to get back up? Are they willing to overcome that fall and not be so upset that they slid down? That's where I think God's going to see our holiness. Thanks, my friends. That's a good one. When I'm in that confessional line, am I sitting there feeling like I'm not as holy as the people around me? Or am I more focused on how can I climb this mountain? How can I overcome the, you know, these particular sins? That's a great question to ask. This is a really good one. Humor is the foundation of reconciliation. Hard to do. You know, if we're really going to have a therapy session on forgiveness, on reconciliation, how do I forgive my accuser? How do I forgive the person who abused me? How do I forgive the person who lied about me? How do I forgive the person who I know is trying to make my life difficult, trying to make it so that I don't succeed in life? Uh, the person who gossiped about me, how do I forgive that person? How is there going to be a reconciliation? Humor is a start. That's the best place to start. Not because what's happening is okay, shall we say, but if I don't find the humor in life, if I don't find the levity in what we're doing here in terms of, you know, you're going to offend me, well, I got to find humor in the fact that eh, God's greater. You know, maybe God's going to, maybe I'm going to see this as an offense, but God's leading me in a more positive direction. I'll take that. But that's going to be the first step to reconciliation. I love that. I still remember one time uh, we were at one of the, our deliverance conferences uh, here in uh, Pomona. And there was a, you know, you go to deliverance conferences and it's great to educate ourselves. And you know, a lot of people want to hear about the um, spectacle that is the dark side. And that's all it is, a spectacle. But the reality is when we're there at the conference, it should really be a conference of how do I get closer to God? Because what am I fighting for? These are the tools to climb up the mountain. That's really what deliverance is. You know, I've got to keep my goal on the prize, making it to heaven, getting closer to God. Well, this quote reminds me of a particular deliverance conference where, you know, strange things happen there. People come from all different walks of life. But in this one in particular, which is not uncommon, a lady started to manifest. And she started to not act like herself. And she started to feel like she was being attacked. And she couldn't stop uh, having nausea. She wanted to throw up. She she was just going through all these different issues. Um, 
And uh, I happened to be in the area and, and started talking to her. Uh, and people didn't, you know, what do you do? You know, this person's starting to, to not feel good. Uh, and it's coming from a spiritual sense. Well, believe it or not, all we did was uh, walk around with her and just kind of, she needed to walk a little bit because she wasn't feeling good. She wanted to get her herself moving. And all I did was just kind of listen to her, talk to her a little bit, uh, talk to her a little bit, and then just started kind of finding the humor in life. We started finding, talking, telling her a funny story and we started to laugh. And as we started to laugh, she said, boy, I'm feeling a lot better. And so we just kept talking and we kept, I said, well, tell me something that's funny that's happened in your life. And we just kept going back and forth. And that drove away whatever was feeling heavy, whatever was off in her life, um, whatever felt like she couldn't, whatever she felt like she couldn't overcome, just being able to laugh made a huge difference. That made all the difference for her. And she started to feel so much better. And I thought, wow, this is pretty good. So it was really nice. It was, it was a nice moment where all of a sudden out of humor, anything that was dark went away. I could see how humor is a foundation to reconciliation. We got to laugh together a little bit. We got to find the the lightness in life because hopefully we can laugh at our own uh, faults. I can always say, man, these people are always trying to get after me. But am I doing what I need to do to lift other people up as well? I better find the humor when I fall uh, in that area. And that's where I think we can start coming back to each other in friendship. You know, that's an important part of reconciliation for sure. To really... What's the point of humor? Not to laugh at the situation, but to realize that there's bigger things in life. And if I can still laugh, there's going to be something greater in life. There's going to be something greater in my heart. And that's what's going to point me to God. That's what's beautiful about these quotes. You know, you're going to find therapy in them. You're going to find the best therapy, a way to get closer to God. More therapy with St. Francis. From the break. All right, well, welcome back to the Most Powerful Radio. Today, folks, we are doing therapy with the saints, and today's saint is St. Francis de Sales. Great saint for great quotes, for great therapy. You know, how many times do we like to read books? Uh, I know that in the self-help section, like I said before earlier in the show, there's all these different books, you know, and we, we want to read inspirational stories, inspirational quotes. I know that there's all the, the, the very popular back in the day, the series of the of the chicken soup for the soul and you know things like that and uh, it was just about stories that inspire us quotes that make us think uh, beyond ourselves things that land on our heart and today we're using the quotes from saint francis of sales to do our therapy to do our spiritual therapy session which will lead to good mental health good physical health and good spiritual health here's a great quote the heart memory is better than a mere head memory Better to carry away a little of the love of Christ in our souls than if we were able to repeat every word of every sermon we ever heard. That's really important to consider because, you know, when we, there's there's a trap, I think, that we fall into in the academic world where you see people who need to, you know, they can't get away from uh, what's in the books. They can't get away from having to quote a philosopher, having to quote, uh, um, you know, a, a great leader from a nation or, you know, different things. But how many of those quotes actually lead us to God is the question, you know, and those quotes really are more to land on our, on our head than to land in our heart. St. Francis reminds us it's the love of Christ in our souls that we carry with us. And it's more important than every word of every sermon we've ever heard. Now keep that in mind. Uh, 
words of the sermon of sermons are supposed to be words that lead us to God, words that talk about our Bible, our faith, or wherever we're at. But he reminds us that it's not so much in the words, it's in what is that word good for if it doesn't lead us to have the love of Christ in our souls? That's really what it comes down to. If I can't turn to my neighbor and love them, that word's going to be empty. So better to have the love of Christ in my soul than anything else. All right, that's a, that's a good one. For every great temptation, there will be many small ones. Wolves and bears are more dangerous than flies, but we are bothered most by flies. That's a really good point to make. You know, it's funny. We're always waiting for that great temptation. We're always on the lookout for the big one. Right? Oh, I know what my big sins are. Oh, I know that I'm always tempted in this way or that way. Oh, I got to get away from that temptation. I got to go and go to confession because, man, I always fall in this one area, something along those lines. Happens in, in the world of psychiatry as well. You know, people come back and it's the same. I'm always dealing with this talk. And, um, you know, I, I feel so frustrated because I can't seem to overcome certain things. And we focus on the really, really big thing in front of us, the big obvious thing. But sometimes we forget that there are so many little temptations that we let go by the wayside that we think, oh, that's not that big a deal because it's so little. You know, that's fine. It's, it's the big temptation I got to worry about. When in reality, as this quote says, wolves and bears are more dangerous than flies, but we're bothered most by flies. You know, would you rather face one wolf and one bear or would you rather face a swarm of flies? It's not a good option. You know, the one wolf and the one bear, okay, maybe I can run away from them. I see exactly where they're at. It might be dangerous, but I know what's there. When there's a swarm of flies, I can't see how many flies there are. I can't swat them all. That's an interesting position to be in. So we got to, that's a good reminder that sometimes it's the little temptations that are what's going to get us, not the big ones. Here's a really good one. Let us think only of spending the present day well. Then when tomorrow shall have come, it will be called today. And then we will think about it. Reminds me a lot of Jesus, you know, his quote, and Christ tells us, what good is it to do, uh, is it, is it for you to worry when today has troubles all its own? Gotta take care of the moment. Gotta take care of today. I think that's half the battle right there when um, I talk to people is we're not in the moment. And I say we, because I, I kept myself in there. You know, we're not always in the moment. We're always looking for what's going to happen next week. What's going to happen tomorrow? What do I have to do, you know, as, as time goes on? And we forget, well, all I got to do is just be in the moment right now, right here in front of myself in front of God and take care of what's in front of me, what I got to take care of. That's important. Let's see. Here's another, here's a few more quotes. There's a great website, by the way, I'm going to put a link to it um, because it has quotes, not just from St. Francis. I think we're going to end up doing more therapy with saint sessions because it has a whole lot of related saints that we can look to and see what quotes they have that can inspire us to be closer to God. This is a really good one. I think to remember when we feel like we can't do anything right, we can't do anything um, big, we're not that important, we're not that good. It says, St. Francis tells us, God takes pleasure to see you take your little steps. And like a good father who holds his child by the hand, he will accommodate his step to yours and will be content to go no faster than you. Why do you worry? I like that one a lot because I think that's a great point to make when God, you know, we look at God as a good father and we, how do we see ourselves before God? We see ourselves as we're supposed to be perfect. And God probably sees us as toddlers taking our first steps every time. And when I think about my kids, you know, the ones who are older, 
if they were to come to me at the ripe old age of 10 and say, look, Dad, I'm walking, and say, good for you. You know, you've been doing that for, for a little while now, for at least nine years, you know, eight, nine years that you've been walking. Um, but you know how to walk really well. I think God sees us always as more that toddler, the, you know, coming up of age, coming up to almost one year old. And, and you know, dude, and I'm not going to remember this, but what, what do we do when we see a little kid lift their hand and, and perch themselves up on a piece of furniture and hold themselves standing up? We get so happy. Wow, you can do that. And then when we see them take their first steps, we know that they're going to fall and stumble. We know when we take our first steps, it's inevitable. There's going to be a fall. We don't have that balance yet. And yet, what do we do as parents? We see the child try to take their first step, and we get so happy at the first step, even though the child falls right afterwards. We say, wow, they tried to take a step. And then what do we do? We hold our hands out. We lift them up with our hands, and we want to step with them. Or we put our hands right around them, make sure that they're not going to fall. And, you know, the kid starts to walk a little bit. We try to hold them up before they fall. Or if they do fall, we're right there to lift them up. That's, I think, one of the things that we forget, you know, when we're in that confessional line. When we fall, when we think about our faults, we forget that God's extending his hand out, just like to a little toddler who just fell and taking doesn't know how to take more than three, five steps. And God's saying, nope, I'm right here. I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold your hand. Come on. And we feel like, you know, we want to push God's hand away or we turn it away and we feel like we need to do this on our own. But really, this is a great quote from St. Francis. It's the little steps that God takes the greatest joy in and holds us by his hand and picks us up, puts his hand out there. Are we real, willing to reach out? and be lifted by it? Are we willing to reach out and have him lift us up and then take our stumbling steps holding on to his hands? I think we are, our nature is that we want to let go of his hands because we're supposed to be so independent. But the reality is it's okay to be dependent. I don't, you know, in therapy, we use the terms codependent, which is not healthy. Gosh, you depend on other people for the well-being of your emotions and vice versa. And it's an unhappy cycle of emotion. With God, it's the complete opposite. If I depend on God 100%, that's one way to being closer to heaven. Am I going to depend on other human beings in that way? Of course, we depend on each other. We depend on, I ask you to pray for me, and I pray for you every night. Uh, when we do our family rosary, everybody's always in our prayers. The listeners to my show, the people at work, my everybody's in my prayers. I ask God to you know, shed his precious blood, especially here in the month of July, shed his precious blood on everybody. But... How many times do I say, you know what, I'm just going to depend on God wholeheartedly. I know that since I prayed for this person, I'm not going to worry anymore. I prayed and my peaceful heart is what's going to bring the love of God to that person. I'm going to offer my heart as a vessel. Um, I'm going to take that first step. And even if I stumble, eh, I'm going to open my heart to God. It sounds very simple. In the moment, it's hard because we're hard on ourselves. In the moment, it's, it's tough to say, hey, you know what? I can't do this on my own. It's hard to say that. But once we do say that, I think it's very freeing, and I think it's a moment of finding true peace, spiritually and mentally, depending on God alone. That's what all these quotes are reminding me of, folks, more than anything else. You know, these are great inspirational quotes, but are we reading them? Are we doing therapy so that we can think about how great a St. Saint, uh, Saint Francis of Sales was? Partially, yeah, because if I look at him, I say, wow, he can get that close to God that he can have these inspirational thoughts. But we're really reading them to say, hey, how's this going to get me closer to God? How's this going to get me closer to the point where I don't rely on the world and I just take my happiness and being close to God? Listen to this. All the science of the saints is included in these two things. Two things. The science of the saints. Let's see what this is. We're going to study the saints. 
what is it that it is? St. Francis tells us that the science of these two things is to do and to suffer. And whoever has done these two things best has made himself more saintly. To do and to suffer. Am I willing to do that? Am I willing to do? And am I willing to suffer? That's pretty interesting. Be not miserable about what may happen tomorrow. The same everlasting Father who cares for you today will care for you tomorrow. Do not lose courage in considering your own imperfections. When you encounter difficulties and contradictions, do not try to break them, but bend them with gentleness and time. I think that's a great quote for our modern day times. We, you know, we encounter so many difficulties, so many contradictions, and I think our instinct is to break them, to say, nope, this can't be. I'm going to break this. I'm going to shatter it. It's going to change. With him, and St. Francis tells us, the best way to do it is we've got to bend them. We've got to change these difficulties and contradictions. We do it a little gentleness and a little bit of time. Every morning, prepare your soul for a tranquil day. That's good. I think that's a, you know, that's a great quote because the way we we set our day, the way we prepare our soul, is probably the kind of day we're going to have. Did I prepare my soul to be at peace today? That's a question I got to ask myself. Did I prepare my soul to be at peace today? Hmm. Never be hurried in anything. Do all things calmly and in a spirit of repose. Do not lose your inward peace, even if everything seems to be going wrong. What is anything in life compared to a peaceful soul? That's a good one. That's the, that's the one I should hang up on my wall. Never be hurried in anything. Do all things calmly and in a spirit of repose. Do not lose your inward peace, even if everything seems to be going wrong. What is anything in life compared to peace of soul? That's an important one. Well, and here's one. This is a great one for our deliverance ministry, for anybody who follows uh, deliverance ministry, for anybody who uh, understands um, what it's like to fight the enemy. This is the, the most important one. Let the enemy rage at the gate. Let him knock, pound, scream, howl. Let him do his worst. We know for certain that he cannot enter our soul except by the door of our consent. Now, bring it into details, you, know, you can never enter your soul. But this is what St. Francis means. He can't, he can't enter our lives. He can't enter our minds. He can't enter our bodies except when we allow it. We have a lot of power in that. The enemy, whether it be directly we think about demons, whether it be the world, whether it be our troubles, whether it be our anxieties, St. Francis is reminding us we're in charge. And if we rely on God, we can decide what we let in our lives and what we don't. That's the most important part. I think that that's where there is peace. And that's where we're going to find that our strength is truly in God of God. And there's no better way to be than to be in God's presence and God's love. Thank you, St. Francis, for a great therapy session. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Hopefully you found peace. You found something inspirational and something that brings us closer to the love of Christ. Especially in our and until next week, keep it Catholic.